everything you need to know in order to succeed in marriage. From practical advice to current events, this is the EXO Podcast. Do you play video games on your phone or on a console? On the phone, yeah, yeah definitely. On the phone a lot. Clash of Clans, yep, <laughs> that does it. We have a, a team. <laughs> y'all play together? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So it's something y'all enjoy doing together? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. So, video games, positive, negative influence on your marriage? Oh, no, I think it's actually very positive. It gives him his little inlet or outlet, you know, to be able to do, and it builds relationships with our kiddos. So, it's definitely not one of those things that hinders at all. No, I don't play any video games. No video games. <laughs> not on the phone either? I mean, <clears throat> I've been playing Minesweeper a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we play together. <laughs> we usually play separately because uh, we have different tennis styles. So yeah. whatever the mood is. We tennis. Yeah. And some people, uh, my husband gets a little competitive and hits the ball, imaginary ball, a little tennis. hard. <laughs> And almost tear down. And she's just thing. right here, just right here. I'm like, how are you doing that? I'm all over the living room. <laughs> this is the EXO Podcast. It is a podcast dedicated to helping you thrive in life and love and have the marriage of your dreams. And if you're a single out there, some, and some people are single, my friend Jeremy Sneed with us on the podcast today is single. You may be single out there. This is a podcast also to help you prepare for relationships and that moment when you say, I do. And so welcome, everybody. We have a great podcast for you today. We are talking about video games. Hey. And we're going to have some fun talking about video games. Tim Ross is with us today. Hello, hey. Tim. Glad to be back. We Tim love Ro- having Tim. We love having Tim. Tim I Ross is the you <laughs> senior pastor of Embassy City Church in Irving, Texas. Him and his wife, Juliet, are celebrating 19 years of marriage today. Nice. Cue the confetti. Hey. It's good. I love it. And then my good friend Jeremy Sneed is on the podcast as well. Jeremy Sneed, I'm going to read your bio here because it's official. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> is a film director mm. and in 2004 founded Media Juice Studios, Media Juice. an award-winning film and television production studio based in Dallas, Texas. Jeremy has directed many commercials, video game trailers, short films, and music videos for consumer products and game companies like Hasbro, Activision, Capcom, and many more. Wow, I sound, hmm. I sound fancy. You sound official. <laughs> You're a busy guy. You've right. never read it before, have you? I haven't, no. <laughs> so, and, and a little bit of trivia for Jeremy. He's a good friend of mine. We met in Amarillo years ago, and yeah. we're good friends. Yeah. And uh, I've watched him from afar for many years build the company, Media Juice Studios. And when we're talking to, today about games and gaming and relationships, I thought this was a great opportunity to incorporate Jeremy's world into what we're talking about related to marriage. And we're going to kind of unpack that for everyone today. So it's going to be really good. And Facebook, you're joining us as well. So if you have questions, make sure you get those in there. We'll be answering questions for, for games, for relationship advice, whatever it is. We've got a whole bunch of people here that have some information that I know can help you as well. And this is brought to you by Marriage Today. We love coming to you every week. Marriage Today does so many things. But what we want to do every single day is help improve relationships and, and marriages. We know they're out there. They're sometimes struggling. Uh, maybe you have a good relationship. You want to get better. But sometimes you're in a, in a ditch and you want to get out of that ditch. And sometimes we want, we want to make sure that we have what we can do here to make sure your relationship gets better every single day. So video games. Let's start there. Yes, <laughs> let's. Um, there, there is a culture now that we have where video games are just, I grew up playing them. And so as the generation that's coming up right now is more submerged into video games, is it ever a point where this video game culture goes away and it's always going to be around, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I mean, there was a, a lot of talk in, in 1983, which was sort of the quote-unquote uh, crash of the video game industry. Um, there was talk of like, oh, that was just a fad and, and everybody kind of had an Atari and now it's just, you know, that's going to go away. And, of course, it didn't. Um, Nintendo came back and resurrected it, and, and the rest is history kind of thing. The industry itself is always going to kind of ebb and flow, just like movies and television and all industries do. Um, but I don't think gaming or, you know, I guess the, the industry-specific term would be interactive entertainment. Now that we have VR and AR, um, that's never going away. It's, it's, it's going to evolve. It's going to grow. It's, I mean, in 10 years from now, it's probably it's it's going to be pretty unimaginable like what what exists probably closer to you know the holodeck and star trek or something mm-hmm. like that maybe not that far but i mean it'll it's only going to evolve and grow you know as technology evolves i think 
Mm-hmm. Let's talk about VR. I want to get into that world of VR. And I just watched Ready Player One, the movie. Yeah. I love the book, uh, the movie. And if nobody's seen the movie, um, it's great. Steven Spielberg, you can't go wrong there. But, and, and my friend Ernie Klein, who wrote it. And so that's, nice. that's a little bit of good geek trivia because I love Ernie Klein. He's <laughs> yeah. a, Ernest Klein is the author of Ready Player One, a book that I really enjoyed when it first came out. But this world that was created in Ready Player One was based upon people escaping our world that's kind of collapsing. It was set in the future and going to this place called Oasis, which was an online mm-hmm. virtual reality where you could be anybody, you could become anything, and you had virtual money, and it was a world where you could just sort of escape from uh, the dismal life that you were living. Um, so, Jeremy, for us today, I would like for you to talk a little bit about where virtual reality is now mm-hmm. and where it's going in the future. And then I would like for you, Tim, to talk about how virtual reality could t- potentially play into relationships uh, moving forward in the future. Sure, yeah. Well, I mean, I think anybody who's got their ear to, to, uh, to the ground um, knows that Oculus is, is sort of like uh, Palmer Lucky, who founded Oculus back in 2012, kind of had this idea of, you know, he, he wanted to go out and buy the, the, cut, the most cutting-edge VR headset, and he realized it didn't exist. And so he started, you know, he was an engineer or aspiring engineer and said, well, if it doesn't exist, how can I make it? And started tinkering and, and with, you know, the basically mobile phone screens are so lightweight and so advanced. Um, that was sort of the, the genesis of the Oculus was something that you can put, you know, and wear on your head that's not so heavy that it makes you fall over. And so he did a Kickstarter and all of these legends in gaming like John Romero and John Carmack, uh, guys that, that uh, founded id Software, saw this and demoed it at QuakeCon like, I don't know, five or six years ago. And I'm like, this, this kid's got something. This is amazing. And so they all kind of came and backed his, uh, his Kickstarter. And then that just it blew up from there. I think it was one of the most successful Kickstarters ever to, at that point. And uh, then, as you know, several years later, Facebook bought Oculus. And they're on uh, – the first one was called the DK1, which is kind of like development speak for development kit one. And they would send out these – these headsets to to uh, game designers and say, hey, you know, here's the development kit. Make something cool. And now it, I think it, right, right now it's on DK3, and uh, Facebook is doing some cool stuff. We're actually going to start working with Oculus in about a month. I can't really say anything about what it's about, um, but on on uh, promotional videos and stuff. But to answer your question, um, I think that that virtual reality and augmented reality, and for the, the viewers out there, the difference in virtual reality is, so virtual reality is, you know, you're covered and you're seeing it, something different than what's in front of you. Right. Uh, AR or augmented reality would be sort of like, that's taken away and it's an overlay onto the world that you're in. Uh, like things, the Pokemon Go kind of universe. Exactly. Like, yeah. think about Pokemon Go, but, you know, on your face mm. kind of thing. Snapchat filters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> So that's a nice mean, one, Tim. I think it's going to go get a lot more advanced than Snapchat oh, oh, filters and Pokemon Go. <laughs> um, but I really do think that is uh, that is the future of interactive entertainment is AR and VR. And, you know, it's like people talk about whatever it is, Murphy or Moore's Law, the, how technology advances and gets quicker and faster every six months or two weeks now. <laughs> um, I, I do think that uh, we'll look up in ten years, and it'll it'll everything will be virtual reality. I mean, I think that like Minority Report is like that's happening. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you know. And the adoption rate of it, um, do you see it at some point there being a tipping point for the adoption rate of those sorts of devices, or will it always be a certain segment of people that end up just sort of using it and become sort of a minor? I mean, I, th- I think it's like with anything, the early adopters are people that have disposable income, which means in, the, in a global sense, you know, people that live in the West. And so, you know, there's a lot of countries that, that can't even get the lights on, much less have a VR headset in their living room. So I think the people in the West and uh, people that have disposable income will be the, the, the people that adopt it first. Um, but that aside, I think it's sort of like what Microsoft's goal was whenever the original Xbox came out, like 2004, 2005. They said, we want to we want to own the living room. Like, we don't want to just be in people's offices anymore with Windows. We want to come in the living room, and the Xbox is a, a way for us to do that. And I think when VR and AR can 
can comfortably live in the living room. And I, I don't think that's necessarily happening right now. Uh, PlayStation does have their VR experience that works with uh, PS4, which is really great. But again, it's like, you know, once you buy everything, it's like five or 600 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I think when that barrier to entry, when it, when it goes from a five or $600 price point to, you know, a couple hundred bucks, and you don't have to have a really advanced setup in your living room, then that's when I think that, the, as you mentioned, the tipping point, when that'll happen, when it's cheap and it's easy to plug in your living room and anybody can do it, that's when it's going to really take off, I think. It's good. Well, um, Pastor Robert Morris, my pastor, uh, he's a hunter, and I liked what Tim said one time. He said, Pastor Robert is a pastor, but he's also a hunter. And you said hmm. you're a pastor, but you're also a gamer. You like to, nice. You like to play games. Yeah. So I'm a gamer who happens to pastor. <laughs> <laughs> that's great stuff. So gotta have something else to do. You know, in that in that that's why I liked you being a part of today's conversation. Is in that VR conversation. You know, there's there's a world that we're living in that's going to rapidly progress. Yeah, and we're going to have you know couples that are going to be experiencing something new yeah. in a world where you know they can kind of go into their own worlds. Yep. Mm-hmm. And meet people, you know, have conversations, experience things that uh, can one become very addicting, yeah. but two could also become extremely um, uh, violating yep. of the the harmony within the relationship. So talk about just you know, um, it, it, we can get into the uh, other game stuff, but just virtual reality, the future of that. Where do you think there could be some danger oh, zones? Oh well, that? as soon as you said that Oculus was purchased by Facebook, I was like, oh God, it's over. <laughs> right, uh, you don't want to think completely negative, but when uh, I think it's your uh, uh, your dad who said that uh, amongst fifty percent of the divorces filed, maybe forty percent have the word Facebook in it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if 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 you're, there's already been emotional connections that have been established uh, just with people sliding into the DM, right? Now you're creating this virtual opportunity for me to be somewhere without ever leaving home. Mm -hmm. And um, so the potentiality for danger there and for disruption between uh, authentic relationship is there. But with that being said, bring on the technology, right? Like like there's some, that also means that we could have people having an online experience being in our worship services that would Mm -hmm. be completely different if they were just watching it on a, a screen. So there's always pros and cons. And I think there's a perspective that we need to have where we don't um, allow the negativity to outweigh the uh, possibility of great uh, exposure to the technology in a way that could be beneficial to the kingdom of God. I think it's, it's like you said, you got to take the good with the bad. It's, it's like the internet. Look at how many great things have come from the, this podcast, the Facebook correct. Live. Yeah. The internet's also brought pornography. It's, yeah. it's a terrible, home-wrecking, uh, devastating thing. So it's like, you know, you, you have to kind of look at it holistically. And it's like gaming, it's like anything. It's sort of like in the wrong hands can be right. can be divisive, can be, you know, uh, a lot of negative things. So it, it, it is sort of like you have to look at it holistically and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, see like, relationships like my editor Kenny he and his wife met playing World of Warcraft you know they met playing the game like had a relationship met in real life IRL yeah and (laughs) and now have a like I think a three or four month old baby so it's sort of like the the spectrum can go that's absolutely you know Jimmy always says technology's a a great servant but a terrible master absolutely yeah. so it's kind of yeah. your perspective on it how you let it rule you that's good yeah. and some people are just introverts they don't know how to relate with people in the real world and so the online world gives them an opportunity to become a little bit more of themselves yep. through that online space so we, we can, we're good with that hey we're giving away some stuff today we have a ah. video games the movie <laughs> I know that cover DVD will have we'll have Jeremy even sign this for you. What? <laughs> if we ask your question on the podcast today, we're going to give you some um, merchandise. Uh, merchandise sounds so official, but uh, we have this. We also have uh-huh. Unlocked. You want to tell people about this? Yeah, so Unlocked was kind of the follow-up to Video Games the Movie. So Video Games the Movie is a 90-minute kind of 30,000-foot view of, uh, of gaming, from basically from Pong to Xbox. And a lot of cultural stuff. So there's uh, kind of geek celebrities in there like Will Wheaton, uh, Chris Hardwick, Allison Hayslip, um, and then game designers like uh, Nolan Bushnell, founder of Atari, and on and on and on. And then Unlocked here uh, was a follow-up to that. Sort of a uh, – this is Sean Astin in the middle. He is the narrator of Video Games, the movie, and he and I kind of became buddies during that process. 
this was this sort of came out of some conversations that Sean and I had about what if we get some, some known faces, some celebrities, and kind of go boots on the ground, sixty minute style into gaming like what is what is mocap for gaming look like let's go on to that stage or what does you know the e3 convention look like let's go there with with uh, uh with tom arnold and, and on and on on so this is eight episodes a lot of a lot of fun educational and uh this is the blu-ray but it's out also everywhere amazon itunes and stuff too it's good. You, you can get this one signed well yes you'll get a sign so if you have somebody in your life that likes to play games I know they'll enjoy these uh, resources. Yeah. Um, and all, both very family-friendly, from 5 to 50. Anybody can watch them. Yeah, good. Um, good. No, no gaming on there. That's uh, yeah, offensive. No, no everything's e-, e for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> good. Okay, well, I hope you're enjoying the podcast today. We are going to be coming back to you after this um, break. If you have questions, though, get them in, and we will be answering those at the end of the uh, program today, and you can have an opportunity to win some stuff. Not just these, but we have some EXO swag as well we give away at every podcast because this is the EXO podcast. So stay tuned. We will be right back. For those of you listening to our podcast, we have a video of myself, Tim, and Jeremy doing a video game competition. If you want to watch who wins, you can check this video out on Marriage Today's YouTube account or on our Facebook page. Welcome back to the EXO Podcast. We're here helping you thrive in life and in love and helping you have a relationship that hopefully is the relationship of your dreams. Every day we want to help you get better and better. So welcome back to the podcast. We're talking about video games today and Facebook's joining us. Ask some questions. We want to put those in the queue and answer those in the last segment. You can win some great stuff if we uh, ask your question on the podcast today. So Jeremy Sneed, Tim Ross, we're talking about podcasts. I'm not talking about podcasts. We're talking about video games we are on the podcast. talking about podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> talking yeah. on a podcast. Yeah, about video games. In a podcast, yes. on a podcast, about a podcast. That's right. Uh, and so this is good stuff. So we're talking a lot about what the world looks like in the future with virtual reality, augmented reality. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are, the first segment has a lot of good information about what is in store. But right now... Um, I know that I have a PS4, and I grew up playing Nintendo and Nintendo 64 and all those things. Um, I have many, many years of thumbs playing stuff, and I can honestly say I'm better at some of the gaming stuff than I am around the household, like even fixing a sink or something like that. I'm much better at technology things. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is much more useful. Exactly. I mean, right? There was a Far Side. You remember the Far Side cartoon oh, yeah. back in the day? Yeah. And it was these parents watching their kid play a video game, thinking in their head that in the future there would be a, a job, like a ninety thousand yes. dollar year I job. This one. Yes. Playing Nintendo. Yes. And so turns out there is. So far, that's actually pretty accurate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you know, video games, uh, gaming culture—that is exactly. Uh, present-day scenario for a lot of people. And I know in relationships, I was doing some research for the podcast, uh, you talked about Kenny meeting his wife on uh, World of Warcraft. Well, World of Warcraft has caused a lot of divorce as well and some other games Mm -hmm. like that that get so submersive that people don't know how to stop the game and begin their responsibilities in real life. Mm -hmm. It's easier to be yourself when you're not having to be just a face in a restaurant or introduce yourself to somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's addicting too. I mean, you uh, you want to. It's a high. It's it's like getting a a hit off something. Whenever you're in a gaming mode and you get a kill or you get a coin or whatever it is, it it just makes you feel like you're accomplishing something sure. great, and you want to keep feeding that and building that virtual account. Um, so, Tim, talk a little bit about what you see. You're a pastor. Do you ever sort of uh, see a ramification of gaming? in the church world or in relationships that you're in, positive, negative, or anything like that? Yeah, I think there's positive and negatives, right? I mean, uh, to your point where people are fragmented and they're living another life online that's not a part of their reality. Well, what is that? what that is a picture of is somebody being disintegrated Mm -hmm. from themselves, right? They're not an integrated person. So I'm I'm not like a pastor who has a dark side of gaming, right? (laughs) Like integrated into all of who I am is the fact that I love God. I love theology. I also love video games. I also love Juliet, Nathan, and Noah. Mm -hmm. I pay my bills. I'm responsible. I pay taxes at the end of the year, right? Um, It's an integrated whole, And so as a part of that, for me, I am a, by default, introvert, right? 
A lot of people don't believe that because when I walk outside, I can flick the extrovert on. Mm-hmm. So I function as an extrovert, but I'm really an introvert. So the way that I de-stress and the way that I come down is by playing video games. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to put uh, some time into something that's inconsequential because yeah. I can't turn strategy off. I can't turn vision off. And so so that I won't incessantly tinker and wind up messing around with staff and people and the Bible. <laughs> I go shoot people in the face. <laughs> and it's absolutely fantastic. And uh, there is a relief there and there is an endorphin high and all of that is true. There is an accelerated um, heartbeat uh, when you are, you know, you and your teammates are trying to, in PvP, knock down four other people on Ghost Recon Wildlands. Like this is a real thing, Right. But with all of that being said, at the end of it, I can go to bed. Mm-hmm. I don't even get online until after my kids have gone to bed and I ask my wife, is there anything else she needs me to do? If she wants to watch a movie, hang out, that's fine. I get on the app, the PSN app, and I tell everybody, hey, I can't play tonight. But if she's good, between 11 and 2 a.m., I'm rocking. Yeah. yeah. It, it's interesting, too, what you're talking about now is, you know, we're, we're, we're all grown men, adults, yeah. men, women, and, and, and play games. It wasn't always the case. Right. And if, if you go back to even like the Game Boy, which was the late 80s, that was the first system that, that they marketed towards adults because of Tetris. It was so yeah. addictive. It was yeah. so like the, the, this puzzle that our brains were meant to solve. And that has evolved into now. We've all grown up, like you said earlier, Brent, you know, with Nintendo, with Super Nintendo. It, it's that that release, you know, and I think it, it, it can be healthy and it is healthy, but like with all things, as we mentioned before, it, it's it's one of these, you know, the internet, uh, gaming, alcohol, uh, all these things. It's like they can be good, right? Or they can be bad. That's correct. All you things know. in moderation. All yeah. things in moderation. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. So it's you have to put all those things through the filter, and you know, there's I've been somewhat of a, a as you know, Brent, kind of a video game apologist the last five years. Um, and by no means would I say that uh, that all the the studies are wrong about video game addiction or or things like that. But it's it's just sort of like the, uh, I think a person that's predisposed to that is the same type of person that would be predisposed to to maybe other things. Yeah. That if they gambling have, addiction, sure. sure. And, Fill in the blanks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This study that Brigham Young did did a study on these couples where one spouse was a gamer, and something that they found was that. It was couples that didn't go to bed at the same time that reported less marital satisfaction. And really it came down to when there was, they argued less about the quantity of time played, but more about when it interfered. I think kind of to your point, what you were saying, when it interfered with their bedtime routine, with what they were going to do together, Mm -hmm. maybe what one spouse's expectations were about what they were going to do the rest of the night or when they were going to go to bed or what they were going to do. And it wasn't, he plays too much or it was just, it interfered with my expectation of how this night was going to go. That's really good because I've always uh, received my wife's permission before I go into the room. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm a nerd. I got the headset. I got a special mm-hmm. controller. Uh, it, it's Talk a little bit about the Strike Force. What was it? The Strike Pack. That's what strike I use. Strike Pack. Because it has the paddles on it. And yeah. I don't have to get a scuff. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I wind up just. So, so it's not like you can do two things at once. I mean, you're committed to that gaming yeah. experience. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and I have my uh, Turtle Beach headphones and. <laughs> I have all of my task force that I play with. If I'm if I'm going to play online and do PvP, that's who I roll with. My wife knows all of these gamer people that I've had. And, and it's turned into an evangelistic ground. You're talking about it could either be bad or good. Yeah. All these guys I game with, when I first start gaming with them, I'm just there to shoot people, right? But then you start building this camaraderie with them. And about after two months, that's kind of been my kind of synthesize how I've kind of, you know, uh, quantify this stuff about two months in they start asking someone hey so what do you do yeah and then i tell them i'm a pastor and they're like oh my goodness i've been cussing in your ear <laughs> for two months bro i'm so how come you never told me i'm like well bro we're here to shoot people in the face but they're like well you're a pastor that's so cool then they ask all these questions well i wind up praying for a lot of them there's one guy that actually he's about to get married he wants me to wow. officiate his wedding. oh that's awesome Interesting. and i said wow. yes i mean how cool would it be to fly to a different state and perform the wedding of one of your gaming buddies. Yeah, I, I've never even seen this guy in person. Wow. But we've built... So, so I feel like it's an evangelistic field for me. And uh, there's some people that are going to come to Jesus <laughs> as a result of it. So I just think it's fantastic. Well, there's console games and there's the online universe. 
And then there's phones, right? So phones have a ton of games on there. And ladies, if you're watching, I, I don't want to put all ladies in the box, but like Candy Crush and th- games like that that are very addictive. I don't see a ton of men playing them. I see more women. But that not, not, that's not necessarily putting them all in the same. I mean, guys who play Candy Crush, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> You've covered all your bases. We're not <laughs> against <laughs> Candy Crush. But I was saying before the podcast started, when I'm on a plane and I'm talking and I'm, I'm around other executive types or people that are you know traveling for business, there's a point in time in the flight where you're just brain dead, right? And you're just not wanting to read anything or you're not wanting to watch anything. And a lot of people play games, and I would say a lot of people play solitaire. I see a lot of people playing solitaire on their iPads or whatever. I feel I, I want to get past the point where I'm embarrassed. My kids on my phone and on my iPad have uh, Subway Surfer. Oh, yeah. And talk about addicting. <laughs> uh, you know, and my kids are pretty good at it, but... I want to hide the iPad or my phone when I'm on the plane because I don't want somebody to see me playing Subway Surfer. <laughs> you think you should have graduated from that by now? I Is think so. Uh, well, anyway. it's, a, it's a generational thing, too, because I think that we we grew up, you know, when the ESRB was founded and when Mortal Kombat came out and the whole discussion of, like, ooh, are games okay? Are they addictive? Are they, are they a time waster? I think, you know, when our generation gets into our 60s and 70s, the generations below us, there'll be no, like, like video game shame. It'll just be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's just part of life. It's been my life since I was a toddler, mm-hmm. you know, and there, there wasn't really that, you know, cachet of, like, violence. And uh, so I think it's because, you know, I think my, my sister's the same way. She She tells me. You know, she's got three boys, and she's like, I just don't worry about their screen time. Are they playing too much? And I'm like, yes, you should pay attention to that. But it's she's hyper aware of it because she, she's from our generation. Yeah. We all grew up during that conversation about time and violence. And mm-hmm. and we all turned out okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm a pastor. <laughs> I'm a pastor's Proof positive kid. that a good one. playing GTA won't turn you into a criminal. I, I went even farther than that. <laughs> I, I kind of wanted to make movies about video games. I was like, okay, this is not enough just to, it, for it to be okay. It. Yeah. I want to tell That's the world. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> right. That's great. Um, my kids uh, play a game called Roblox. Are you familiar with that oh, at all? It's it. familiar. It's like a Minecraft kind of game. Yep. And I would say the only danger there is, and we found this, is that there's other humans interacting with your kids oh, online. Yeah. And our daughter yeah. came to us. This is when she was six years old. She had downloaded the game, and we didn't really know what it was at the time. And uh, she brought the iPad to my wife, Stephanie, and she said, hey, mommy, what's this word? And there was some guy that was trying to get her to talk about private parts and uh, pictures and stuff like that. And if I could make myself turn into some sort of like digital thing that could travel (laughs) through the Internet (laughs) Mm -hmm. and choke that guy, I would. But. There's danger zones out there yeah, for, for yeah. everyone. Yeah. And you talked about Facebook earlier and people that meet on, on Facebook and they develop these relationships. And it is a reason for a lot of divorces because uh, there's something in our brain when we reconnect with somebody from our childhood yeah. that keeps the same feeling. And even if the person looks different, you still remember them mm-hmm. exactly the yeah, oh, sure. same sure. way they were. So old flames or old friends, whatever it is. Uh, you, when you reconnect with them virtually, it's, it's a different sort of high yeah. than others. But... There's also predators out there. There's people out there that are trying to, um, you know, intrude your life in a negative way. Mm-hmm. And so there's some danger zones out there as well. I, I think just to chime in on that, I think with the the the, the app store and uh, when you're on PC, it is much more of a kind of wild west of uh, of uncurated, unmoderated. Um, but when you're on a console like like PlayStation or Xbox or or, or Switch, those are are, are a lot safer i would say just yep. because they're more moderated and they're more curated yep. so that's that's just more of an fyi to your audience that if you're on the app store or you're on a pc that beware or, or be more over their shoulder than if they're on xbox they're not going to allow that if yep. they're if you got your parental controls you right. know yeah nintendo switch um actually my boys thought they did they were doing so great they're homeschooled they're like we must be doing great dad bought us a nintendo switch nice. but after talking with my wife what i found is that they were on wii but uh, we graduated them to the Switch. They were, they were doing okay. <laughs> but uh, Switch had better controls, and they had an app. So I can actually set on the app how much game time they have. Yeah. Cool. So whether it's two hours, three hours, and when that time is up, it'll send me a signal, and I can actually shut it down from my phone. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's good. Well, summing up this segment, we, uh, we talked about a lot, but 
time, time investment. Make sure that if you're in a relationship that you have a significant other, that they're okay with the time you're spending playing games. That's important. You don't want to put yourself in a situation where your priorities are out of whack. You're spending more time playing you know, anything, if it's on your phone, rather than spending quality time with your spouse. Quality time is still key to a relationship's health. And also, you know, if you're escaping through games or if you're finding yourself emotionally unhealthy and you're finding that games are, are meeting something, a need that God or your spouse isn't meet, meeting, be honest with them. Talk to them about that or go to a pastor or Tim Ross. Get on a game, a PvP game <laughs> with Tim <laughs> Ross. And, uh, get in my headset. I'll talk to you. <laughs> and find somebody you can talk to about it. Don't just... just continue to escape uh there's there's people out there that you can talk to and help and and games aren't bad they can be they can be really awesome and good but there are opportunities for them to intrude and make your life uh not as good as it should be and, and so make sure you're you're open and honest to your spouse in that hey next segment we're gonna be talking to you facebook and answering some questions and we'll be doing some some giveaways as well so stay tuned watch this clip from my dad jimmy evans and we'll be right back When I go into a business and I'm doing business with a person, and let's, let's just say that I you know, order iced tea at a restaurant, and I say, hey, can I get some more tea? And they come and get my glass and give me some more tea, and they bring it back, and I say this. I'll say, thank you very much. And they'll go, no problem. I hate that. I don't care if it was a problem. I'm paying for you to have problems. <laughs> if you had to go to China and get the tea in Antarctica to get the ice, I'm all good with that. As long as you got back, I don't care about your problems. I mean, not that I don't like you as a human, but you're serving me. No problem. Oh, here's the, here's the right response. My pleasure. I tip bigger. If I get a no problem, I want my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for getting me the tea. What was my pleasure? The best businesses and restaurants train their people to say my pleasure. You just feel better. So, you know, so you, you go to your spouse and you say, well, you know, Honey, I need this and this and this. And, and your spouse responds like this. <laughs> well, Barbara said her husband doesn't need that. Shaming, eye-rolling, body language is rejection. If, if you don't serve your spouse with a good attitude, you're rejecting them. And so when you come to your spouse and you tell them what your, your needs are, and Karen would come to me and she would say, you know, Karen and I serve each other all day long. Literally, we serve each other all day long, every day. We've been married for 44 years. We have a good marriage. And we serve each other. I mean, that, that's just what we do. But the way that Karen responds to me when, when I'm asking her to do something, the way that I respond to her we don't do that. We don't, I'm happy. The number one reason for my life is to serve Jesus Christ. The number two reason in my life is to serve that woman right there. She's not a burden to me. And see, when you roll your eyes and shame and reject and judge and do all those things, what you're saying is, you're not that important to me. I've got something better to do than to sit here and take care of you. Really? Because when we got married, I thought that's what you wanted to do. I thought our vows said that we were going to love and cherish each other till death parted us. And now what I hear you saying is I'm a burden and you think I'm strange. Welcome back. We are talking about video games today. We have Jeremy Sneed and Tim Ross with us as well as Caitlin Edwards. And we're talking about how to have gaming in your life and not let it wreck your life especially your relationships. And so questions from Facebook are coming in, and we love to hear from you. Facebook, thanks so much for joining us today. We are um, going to be filling these questions, and if we answer questions today on the podcast that you've submitted, we are going to send you some special stuff. Some swag. Jeremy is a, an award-winning television and film producer. Hello. <laughs> He uh, he's produced. I barely have time to be here. I, I won awards. <laughs> I won no, he's the, he's made two extremely <laughs> successful um, projects. One's a movie called Video Games: The Movie. Another one is a TV series called Unlocked: The World of Gaming. Did you is have to right? change your voice right. when you did that? 
Because you did. Did I? Yeah, you were like, unlocked. Dig deep. I don't know. I don't have that sort of range. Movie trailer voice. (laughs) Which is appropriate because you're talking about movies. Exactly. This summer, (laughs) unlocked. Yes. Pretty good. That was really good, actually. Um, I have a good movie voice. Movie voice. Anyway, giveaways. Facebook, hello. We're going to be giving away some stuff. I've got some questions in here. Uh, So many good questions. I'll ask the first one. Caitlin, you can take over after that. Uh, Samantha. Hello, Samantha. How do you handle criticism of others telling you to get out to be more active, etc., or when people call you lazy because you're not interested in getting out because you like gaming? Oh, this is a good one. It is a good one. Yeah, yeah. It is. Well, I think it's, you know, I, I've been going to uh, uh, a lot of conventions for a lot of years, but, you know, as most people know, San Diego Comic-Con is kind of the, the, the mothership of conventions, of comic conventions or geek nerd conventions. And they have um, all of these meetups. Um, some of them are officially sanctioned by uh, Comic-Con, and, but a lot of them aren't. Just people that have been playing online together all year that live, you know, in Minnesota and New York and L.A. And they all kind of come together at Comic-Con to meet up and like, oh, hey, you're, you're Joe123 or whatever the gamer tag mm-hmm. is. Um, and that's an extreme, you know, sort of like from a television producer's brain example of, of sort of taking the game experience to IRL, you know, in real life. Um, so I think that that's something that you could tell uh, people is that, you know, that these people that I play games with, I, I know in real life and I meet in real life. And just because it seems that I'm sedentary here on the couch – there's there you know maybe there's an equal amount of time in real life that I talk to these people that I play the game with but by the nature of a game you have to sit and be still so yeah. it's a little bit of a misnomer yeah yeah the way I've always explained it to people what was her name Patricia her name was Samantha oh Samantha my bad uh, Samantha is um, I I take the time to explain to people the way I'm wired. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there's this great scripture in Book of Proverbs that says, uh, "What all of you are getting, get an understanding." Mm-hmm. And the way I give people understanding is by letting them know, "Hey, I'm an introvert, and the way that I refresh is usually with time alone, mm-hmm. and I'm really domesticated. Mm-hmm. Like if you waved a wand over me and performed some 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 type of spell, I'd turn into a declawed." house cat like that's who i am just show me where my litter box is and my milk bowl and my little fancy fees because i'm a little bougie um <laughs> that that's where i would be like i don't like leaving the house and my wife is the complete opposite of me she's an extrovert she must get out of the house for no other reason than to just get out of the house mm-hmm. but i can literally stay in my house for 14 days become vitamin d deficient grow a very <laughs> thick, nasty beard, and sit on the couch and just be surrounded by my family and my friends if they decided to come over. And I would shower back every three days. Mm-hmm. But I have to get out, right? But on the time that I have to myself, I want to spend that time inside. And it's not that I'm lazy. It's just that I'm different from you. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. give them an understanding of it. That's good. good. Yeah. yeah. Jessica asks, well, she says, my husband and I have been married 18 years. They were married at 18 years old. Um, he isn't addicted to playing video games, but we don't agree on time spent on it. I don't want to be controlling, and he says he doesn't mind getting off, but he's gone for a lot for work, she says. She says he's an awesome husband and dad. I just want to know how to compromise so that we're both happy. That's good. So I heard a lot in that, and here's what I heard the most. You miss him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You miss him. And I think you need to tell him that you miss him and take the gaming completely out of it. Because if what you're saying is attached to what he's doing, then he's if he thinks differently about it, he'll probably just be going, I don't see what the big deal is. You know, I'm here and I'm, I'm home and just playing my game and I'll get off if you ask me to. I think a more um, direct conversation is uh, telling him that you miss him and that you want to spend time with him. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't hear you after you say that, pop in a Jimmy Evans uh, DVD <laughs> and or get some counseling. But I think if you tell him that you miss him, I think he's smart enough to reprioritize. You know, another option um, is sort of, you know, I know this is probably used in counseling somewhere, um, is to sort of meet him on his grounds. Um, you know, and there's a lot of examples of like the man, meet, meet her, you know, on her grounds, like, you know, in, in her life. And even your dad's talked about like women are most attracted to men when they're doing housework, like doing the dishes or things like that. 
So, you know, if she's, if you're someone that just does not like playing games at all, maybe this is an option. But it could be an option where, you, where, where she gets involved in the game. So, you know, go get your own controller, learn about the game, create a character. You may, you may like it, and then you're going to be right there next to him playing with him. And I, what I've seen a lot of times is people that don't understand the game or aren't interested in it. If, if they, it's kind of like when you watch black and white movies. After 10 or 15 minutes, you don't even know it's black and white anymore. You're just into it. Yeah. And gaming can be similar. So that's, that's also an option. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah diving in. Some, some women don't like to watch football or sports. And uh, it's a great way because your husband, if your husband does like to watch sports, it's a great way to spend time with him just enjoying it. And you never know. You may be like Caitlin, become a fantasy football expert by <laughs> watching football with your husband and playing mm-hmm. fantasy football with him. That's yeah. great. And, uh, and so there's an opportunity there. I, I will say that with gaming, it's just like with anything else. If he was hunting or fishing or golfing or whatever it is, it's, it's more about the intrusion, like Tim said, the intrusion on the time together. And so mm-hmm. just you know, talk it through. And he may have to give it up for a while to prove something to you, you know, but I don't think you're, I hear you saying there's an ultimatum there. But you know, he's going to have to figure out the, the, the priority of coming home and spending time. I liked what Tim said too, which was, and that's the way it is in my household, um, I, I, I'm domesticated a little bit. I can't really get on with a good conscience and play games or whatever if I know that there's something going on with Stephanie and I. So Mm-mm. I'm always setting the temperature, feeling the temperature in the room, going, hey, are you great? Are you okay? I can spend time with you. We can watch a cooking show or whatever it is. She knows that I enjoy going up there and decompressing. Uh, one of my good friends is D- David Holland, which is Caitlin's dad, and he's the same way. He recharges his battery at Barnes & Noble or someplace <laughs> like that where he can just be in a book or mm-hmm. learning by himself. That's what he told me one time. And same way with me, I recharge my battery by being sort of in a zone and playing games and that sort of thing, or even just... Uh, being alone and being kind of an introvert and that sort of thing is going to help. So just understanding who your husband is, what makes him tick, and then finding opportunities what these guys said were were great. I thought what Jeremy said was awesome because sometimes you can jump in and uh, learn the game. You never know. You may become like a cosplay Capcom or a What's the place in San Diego? He, he, he Comic Con. It might flip. He might say, "Hey, my wife's playing too many games now." <laughs> <laughs> Samantha says, any recommendations on games for couples for the Xbox One? We're shifting gears here, guys, today. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Gosh, so many. Um, I guess it depends on genre, you know. I mean, there's it's driving games, RPG games, action games. For Xbox One specifically, um, I mean... What are some good couples games? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, Sea of Thieves that just came out um, is a great uh, game, single-player and multiplayer. Uh, my friend Sean Aston actually did an ad for it um, where he's like, it's like a callback to One-Eyed Willie. Uh, sea of Thieves is good. Um, Rocket League, which you can get on Xbox One. And yeah, is a, a lot, lot of people lot love of that. Fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a great... I stink at that game. Why do I stink so bad at that game? I'm not good at it either. I'm, I've tried. I'm just, There's it's... people playing that, and they're doing things with the cars that yeah, it's, it's even impossible to me. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. That's a good party game. Um, if you like to get really immersive um, into a story... Um, well, no, that's for PlayStation. I was about to say The Last of Us. That's a great Whoa. story game. Wow. Um, it's pretty great. As you and I have talked about, on the Uncharted series is just absolutely spectacular. Um, but those are both PlayStation exclusives. Um, it's Buy like an ad for PlayStation. It is. PS4 yeah. will be well worth the, yeah. the money. Buy oh, two. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's true. <laughs> uh, side, sidebar, uh, your friend, Sean Aston. Uh-huh. Stranger Things 2 was fantastic. Oh yeah, he was great. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, uh, he sent me a poster, a signed poster, a few weeks ago. Oh, uh, that he said. Uh, spoiler alert! By the way, if you haven't seen Stranger Things two season two, he doesn't make it. Okay, uh, I feel like there's a statute of limitations. If it's been a couple of months absolutely. and you haven't watched it, it's your fault. It's, it's been six months. Yeah, that's absolutely. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, he signed a, a poster and said, "If if you were in those corridors with me, I, I would have made it for sure." <laughs> he, he dies in the corridors. Sean asked him. Thought, oh, that was funny. Yeah, it was great. You know, that whole series was great, but he was a great addition for last season. Okay, 
Daniela has a question. She says, my mother disagrees with us playing video games all together as a family because she feels like we should decompress alone with our Bible or by watching a sermon online. When she says stuff like that, it makes me feel guilty for picking up the controller. We have our church, marriage, ministry, and devotions together. I have my prayer time with the Lord by myself. So how can I explain to my mother that we're a gaming family and it brings us together and it's not a bad thing? Uh, You probably can't. Yeah, that's pretty extreme. Uh, Yeah, mommy Mm -hmm. is from a different generation. She'll probably never get it. So stop talking to her about games. <laughs> and she'll well, stop bringing it up. <laughs> it's also like, we talk about this in the film, you know, it's, it's sort of going back to the campfire. So, you know, back to, to before there was theater or books or, you know, it was just people around a campfire telling stories at the end of the day. And whoever the best storyteller was, was, was usually who told the story. And that's evolved into books and theater and movies and television. And now video games are the, are the current campfire that at the end of the day, you come home from work or school and you sit around the campfire. And I think if there's a way to get video games, the movie into their house for them to watch, then they'll see there's a whole say. I'm, I'm being serious. No, there's I'm a, so glad that you were here today. Yeah. Because I felt like my answer compared to yours was so blunt. <laughs> I'm like, stop talking to her about it. You're like, there's a campfire. And I'm like, it is a campfire. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's I've, it thought about, I've thought about this a little bit. Yeah, but say what he said. There's a whole segment of, uh, in, the, in the film, and, and the film is a little bit of, of a sort of... Uh, uh, like I said before, a 30,000-foot view of the industry and of the community and culture. So if you can, I would just say, if you could, if you could get, uh, uh, you know, the film in front of your mom to watch, um, it might be educational, you know, about, because it's always, you know, ign- what's the saying? I- ignorance breeds contempt. She just doesn't understand. That's correct. You know, That's she doesn't understand the community or the culture of gaming. And if, if her eyes could be opened to that, then she might have a different appreciation for it. Yeah. Amanda has a question uh, from Facebook. She said, how can gaming be positive in a marriage? Gaming seems to just take up time, and aren't video games very violent and have foul language? How could you set up a healthy gaming lifestyle that doesn't put negativity in you, cause you to curse or yell, get upset, throw your controller at the TV, et cetera, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera? Well, it sounds like you've only been exposed to people who play Call of Duty, (laughs) (laughs) and they rage quit, and they're quite mean. (laughs) <laughs> mad and angry. Uh, there's a lot of games out there, a lot of positive games out there, a lot of um, uh, thought-provoking, strategic games out there. And I just encourage you to uh, just maybe do a little bit more research because it sounds like you've only had a limited amount of exposure to the type of games that maybe someone in your house is playing. And... Uh, like he said earlier, I just I just think there is a campfire experience and there's a lot of camaraderie and a lot of uh, bonding that happens around uh, the video game now. We're just in that age and in that space. And so uh, I just encourage you to take advantage of the opportunities and see the positivity and not just the negative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and knowledge. Good. Knowledge is power, yep. you know, whether that comes from, you know, yeah, whether that comes from from one of my films or something else, it's it's like I go back to Comic Con. You know, you see all these relationships um, and communities of people that a lot uh, come from gaming. So I think it's just uh, um, learning and learning something new about a, a different community that uh, you know could enrich your life. Can I just say? So I downloaded God of War. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played it yet. My mother-in-law had foot surgery two weeks, and my gaming whole setup is upstairs, okay? And so she forbade me from starting that game until she was healed from her foot surgery because she loves to watch to me. To watch it. Really? Game. Yeah. Every Uncharted game I ever played. Which is like watching a movie. Yeah, it's it just is. like some of them are so well produced. It is just like watching a movie. So I can't even start the game. So I, I had to go get Shadow of the Colossus, and I'm oh, playing nice. that with my boys at nice. 9 and 7, so they love that game. But I can't start the other game because my mother-in-law. <laughs> so I'm telling you, that, I mean, my mother-in-law, who is com- from a completely different generation, loves to watch me play these games. And it does bring uh, a sense of camaraderie and bonding within the family unit. So find some games that are good for the family. Yes. Check the ratings and go knock yourself out. Yeah. 
Um, I see this question coming from Jean. Uh, she says, I have never played video games. How do I get started? And I want to answer that. There, there was a time I played games all growing up through college. And right after I got married, I was playing uh, GoldenEye, James Bond, oh, yeah. with some friends. And then there, when I moved to Dallas in 2000, I really took a break. I'm probably a 10 to 12-year break from playing games. I was just busy. It wasn't part of my like, like livelihood. I mean, my, my wife and I, we were just working all the time. And it just wasn't part of what I spent my time doing. But I wanted to get back into it. And uh, when I kind of wanted to get back into it, it was intimidating, for me at least. Because you got these people that have been playing games, Xbox, PS3 at the time. Uh, they played them all the time. And the games, I got on one. I think it was um, it was uh, Call of Duty, some one of the Call of Duties. And the multiplayer, there were people jumping in the air, spinning around, shooting people, and I was just getting obliterated. I just like this is <laughs> this is the worst feeling in the world. Oh my goodness! So I had to find games that I could, and one of them was Uncharted. Uncharted, yeah. you, there's story modes. There's game that you can play like story modes. So find a console like PS4. I love the PS4. It's yep. great. Uh, really a lot of games on there. And there's games like you can play Jeopardy on there. You can play Wheel of Fortune. You can play <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, simple games like that. Rocket League's a good, fun family game you can party play. Game. Mm-hmm. It's a party game. Your kids, my kids that are young love to play it. So find something that you, you love, first of all, a, a type, a genre of game that you love. But then find a story mode. Find something that's not going to be intimidating to you to get started, Gene. That will really help. Yeah. Uh, I said that was the last question. One more from Daniela. How do you set healthy boundaries with your husband and kids when it comes to video games? I don't feel like my son, who is five, is old enough to play, but my husband feels otherwise. I love that question. I love it, too. Um, I, I think uh, it comes down to agreement. You, you know, my wife and I have to come into agreement on, uh, and like I said earlier, my, my, my kids are homeschooled. So they'll ask to play video games, and I want to know, did mom okay it? And then I want to know from mom, hey, what, what time did you say? Well, they, they, did, they did okay today. They can do 90 minutes. Well, it won't be 91, mm-hmm. right? So come together uh, in unity so that there is an opportunity for that child uh, to have some fun, but not at the uh, expense of you all having unity and agreement in it. Mm-hmm. It's good. This is the XO Podcast. We enjoyed being with you today. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Jeremy Sneed, tell everybody where they can find out more information about you. Uh, my studio, uh, Media Juice, uh, all things Media Juice are at MediaJuice.com. Um, and then these two projects, they're actually on MediaJuice.com, but VideoGamesTheMovie.com, you can, you can get it on Blu-ray, DVD, iTunes. And then UnlockedTVShow.com, same thing, uh, uh, Xbox, PlayStation, iTunes, Steam, um, but you can get it at videogamesthemovie.com. Please check that out. And Tim Ross, you can check him out. Embassy City Church. (laughs) Yep. Go see him on the weekends. Talk to him about gaming and all that transpires. Our gamer tag is Tim and Jew. T-I-M, the letter N is in Nancy, J-U. And my gamer tag is just media juice. Booyah. Nice. I'm not going to tell you mine, so. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, please subscribe to the feed. If you like what you're listening to every week, please give us a rating on iTunes or any of your feeds that you're listening through. That really helps us in the rankings. We want people to learn about relationships, and we want them to build a successful relationship. So if you have friends or family that this could be useful, please share this, spread the word, like us, follow us. Thank you so much for watching and listening today. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Take care. Bye-bye.